0: Thank you, Jess. Yeah. So over the next um, over the next few weeks, of course, we'll have more and more announcements out about vacation Bible vacation Bible school, and as well uh, about the laundromat serves and all of those things that are coming up. You know, the reason that we uh, the reason that we're kind of we wanted to do it down at uh, Jackson Taylor Park is that tradition or not traditionally, but that is a that is an area of our city and a neighborhood that. Doesn't have um, an abundance of doesn't have an abundance of churches, and so we want to get over there and just have a presence uh, over there. And then it's not it's not a foregone conclusion that we won't that that will be the only vacation Bible school over the summer. You know, we may be doing other pop up ones here and there, even one or two day um, VBSs across the city. Uh, throughout the rest of the summer, so make sure you're keeping your eyes open for that and you able to take part in um, in uh, mission and ministry with us this summer. So, um, Father's Day, uh, I, I will I, I will tell you that it has been quite some time um, since the Lord moved um, so significantly or spoke so like directly to me. As I was like praying over and preaching a sermon, as he, as he did this week, um, and so it's you know, like of course every every sermon or message that's prepared, you know the Lord is using it to refine and sanctify my own walk with Him. Um, but uh, this one in particular um, just kind of shot right down into right down into my heart. So I want to start off with. I wanted to start off with a, a note and measure of gentleness and understanding and uh, compassion. And I want you to both hear and know my heart for you, uh, specifically fathers, but also any and all of us, right, who have had a relationship with a father. Bad or good? Right? Neutral. Um, you know, we, I think probably one of the first verses that we teach our kids in Sunday school or VBS, right? We kind of say it in a cheeky type of way, right? Exodus 20:12. Honor your father and your mother that it may go well or it may be well uh, with your soul that you may live long in the land that, your Lord, that the Lord your God is giving to you. Right? They're kind of like this, the pinnacle of verses that we share with our kids and that we, and that we, um, we kind of wrap our whole parenting life around. Uh, but whether it's your mother or whether it's your father, the reality is, is that um, relationships, those relationships are complicated. Relationships between children and their parents, um, you and your dad, you and your mom, um, can be complicated. It's not always necessarily um, something that's been life-giving to you or encouraging to you or supporting to you or compassionate or gentle to you or directing to you. Sometimes that relationship has been very destructive in your life. And uh, I want you to hear that I know that and I understand that. Okay. And I have seen that and I have experienced that. And so when we read a, a verse like Exodus twenty twelve, honor your father and your mother that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God has given to you. And you come to a place of asking, well, what if I have a father? We'll just talk about fathers. What if I have a father that is not honorable? Then, then what? What? How do, I, how do I honor my father and my mother if my dad is not honorable? And, and, as, we, and as we start here, I want, I want us to know that our relationships with our fathers um, are, and the honor that we give them or don't give them is as much, if not more, about you than it is about them. Okay, Honor is something, uh, honor is not earned. Okay? Our our fathers don't earn our honor by their conduct, right? That they that they do enough right things, and they are gentle enough, or compassionate enough, or strong enough, or honest enough in our lives, and then therefore, since they have done these things, then we honor them. Honor, um, as it is uh, described in the Bible, is honor is something that is given freely as an extension of grace from our own hearts for the for not, not necessarily for like how well the person has done the job, but for them as a child of God individually. Like, I honor my father not because he has done a perfect job, but because honor is an extension of grace that I offer to another human being. That's got his own flaws and his own issues and his own experiences and his own upbringing and his own life. And so honor becomes not dependent on who they are. Honor honor becomes dependent on, on who I am. On, on, the, on the desires of, of my heart. Do I Do I desire to be an honoring person? Do I desire to be to be a person that extends grace and compassion and understanding to people that may have done me severe harm or wrong? And and like motherhood and and we're talking about fatherhood, right? That fatherhood, being a parent, having a relationship with a child, it's complicated. Right, it's not it's not always cut and dried, it's not always black and white. And even in the relationships where you may have grown up having a just excellent father, I'm sure that you could describe moments where that relationship was was, was complicated, it's especially as we grow older, right? We understand the relationship that we have with our parents in a little bit different dynamic because we see them as people. We can see them as people. Not just in light of the relationship that you have with them. Now, I also understand that a a sermon on Father's Day, really two fathers, and this is two fathers, um, that not everyone in the room is a father. I get it. Okay. Um, So the question is then: Well, can can we all just leave? Right? If I'm not a father, can I just leave? Um, and I want you to stay, okay? Uh, because what I want is, um, I want you to know, if you're not a father, that the fathers around you desperately need you to pray for them, and to encourage them, and to love them. Because listen, fathers, they matter. Fathers matter. Not just in your family, right? But they matter in the world. They matter in the church. They matter in the city, right? They they matter in the kingdom. Fathers matter. And you may be a place in your life where you're not a father, right? And... And so it doesn't really matter. Like fathers don't matter to you, but um, here's the thing: you may be raising someone, or in relationship with someone that will later down later down the life they may not matter to you now. Fathers may not, but the impact right that fathers have may matter to someone in your life later on. You may not have a father or you might not be a father, but the impact that fathers have in the whole span of society and culture and the church, the relationships that they have may matter to the people that matter to you later on in the line. Maybe you have all daughters. I have daughters. I have three daughters. And I want to pray for the other fathers in this world, because someday the way that those fathers father the men that will be, God willing, my daughters' wives matters. That too. <laughs> it's a different sermon altogether. A different sermon altogether. You get my point, right? But it'll matter, right? So they may, it may not matter to me now. That father may not matter to me now. That man that you know or in relationship with, or or like just is a friend. That may that his fatherhood may not matter to you, but it may matter to someone who matters to you later on down the line. And so if we don't come to understand how our prayer and support and love and encouragement and challenge of fathers now matters down the line, we, we jeopardizing again a whole generation of young men and women so what I want to share with you this morning is I want to share with you some directives like okay what is the what does scripture what does scripture communicate is important and primary for the father to be doing right and I also want that this whole conversation to be drenched in the grace of maybe your what you feel is like your past failure um because i i i have been hearing the lord like i i have been receiving the lord's gentleness all week right? because even if you haven't been doing these things as a father. Even if if you didn't know that this is clearly um, what the Bible calls Christian men and fathers to be about. Even if you don't know how to do it, to go about it, what the first step is, I want you to know that you're you're not alone. Okay? You're not alone in being confused, overwhelmed, frustrated, discouraged, tired, without direction, secretly insecure, or feeling like a failure. You're not alone in being afraid that you are screwing your kid up. You're not alone. And, and what I want to say is as your pastor and as a father, right, that if you haven't started yet, let's start now. And if you haven't done it yet, let's do it. Not alone, but together. And as, and as men and as fathers, let us, let us lead the way in the godly example that says I have not got it right up until this point. But I am asking that you would forgive me as I seek to do better according to like what the Lord calls me to. And this does not matter. It does not matter if your child is grown and out of the house. And it does not matter if your child is not even born yet. And it does not matter if you are not a father at all. These are things that you can be praying into your life. Okay? The number one responsibility of a father, unquestionably throughout Scripture, the number one responsibility is to diligently and intentionally teach and train our children in what the Bible says are the ways of the Lord. Your number one responsibility. There are a couple of examples that... um, uh, throughout Scripture and various points of Scripture. So we're going to first look at um, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy is at the very front of your Bible. Okay, So if you don't know where it is, go to the front. And you have Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book of your Bible. And as the, as the Lord was establishing a people, the Israelite people, and kind of guiding them in the ways of, like, cultural life and religious life and family life, he, he laid out, really as simply as you could possibly lay it out, the role and responsibility of the parent in general. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Listen. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands. Bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Just so we're not unaware that this is not just an old Testament principle, but the Apostle Paul says um, similar things to the in his letter to the Ephesians in the New Testament. He says this, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Fathers, he gets even more specific here, fathers. Are you listening? All right? Fathers, do not exasperate or antagonize or poke at or annoy. Do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. The Apostle Paul echoes what was given to the Israelite people early in their life. But to see a little bit about what was like the content of, of those words in Deuteronomy chapter 6. You know, we could make fancy um, analogies and metaphors to, you know, um, talk about them when you lie down and when you get up and when you're walking on the road and press them on your children, bind them on your hands, bind them on your forehead, write them on the doorposts uh, door of your home. The, what is the, the, general, the, the general feeling there or the general communication is, is what? Always be talking about and intentionally keeping at the front and center of your family the Word of God and the things of God. That front and center in your life should not necessarily be about good moral character or being nice and polite at school or doing all of your chores, even though like we're making... Godly applications to those things, right? Of course. But that, but that first and foremost, are, are we ensuring that the word of God and the things of God are never far from the, from the, from the sight of our kids? They're, they're never far away. They never, there's no place that they can go when they are with us that they can escape the reality of God's word permeating every part of our lives you see what happens is that we often as we're teaching our children right we, we compartmentalize life apart from or away from the word of God and the things of God right and so for instance we will, we will tell them We we will impress upon them the importance of honesty and never lying. But we will deal shadily at our own place of work. Or we will tell them to always be nice and loving and compassionate to their brothers and sisters, right? But we will deride and make fun of and gossip in front of them about other people. And we will try to compartmentalize, right, our instruction to them from the life that we are living. Like, oh this is, yeah, this is the attitude and the teaching that we is really important at church, right? Be honest all the time. Unless, it, unless of course, it, it is better for me in this deal to be just a little bit like unhonest or just a little white lie, right? You want to know something, dads? Um, You cannot lead your children to a place you are not going or have never been. You cannot lead your children into holiness if you're not on the way there. You cannot lead your children in honesty and compassion and gentleness. If you're not pursuing you're you're not pursuing God's own heart for that in your life, you're not going to lead your kids in in the training and the instruction of the Lord if if you are not leading them by example. If, If you are not doing it, you do not know the way to get there, right? Don't tell your son or your daughter, how important it is to read their Bible if they never stumble upon you reading your Bible. You, fathers, you, we must become a student of the ways of God, so to speak. Allowing His Spirit and allowing His Word to shape us first. The first step in leading our children in the ways of the Lord is allowing the Holy Spirit of God to lead us. If you are not willing to be led, if you are not willing to be humbled, if you are not willing to daily surrender your life in spiritual discipline, in the love of your family, in compassion towards others, in honesty in the workplace, in a hard work ethic, then you cannot take your child to a place that you're not going or haven't been. Period. They will see you as the fraud that you are. Listen, I get it. I have all of the nostalgic feelings about fatherhood that everyone has. Okay? Truly. It does not matter if your son knows how to fish how to ride a bike or hammer a nail if they don't have the capacity to love their neighbor. It does not matter. It does not matter how sweet your daughter is, how how many tea times you have with her, how many times you dress her up as princess, right? If you're not constantly telling her that God adorns her with beauty from the inside out as a measure of her character given to her by him as the creator, it does not matter how precious your little girl is to you if you don't teach her how precious she is to the Lord, where her beauty comes from. Don't major on the minor things. We do an awesome job as fathers majoring on the minor things. And I really got to make sure that my son knows how to look someone in the eye and shake their hand firmly. Agreed. Agreed, okay? Um, but if <laughs> if the motivation of your instruction to your son is to teach him how to do well in social circles by being a respectable and strong young man, but you're not teaching him how to love the person that everyone else feels is unlovable, or serve others, or be reading in his word, or be surrendering his heart to the Lord on a daily basis, uh, or reading the word with him, then guess what? You're majoring on the minors. The majors are the things that matter into eternity. And it's not that the minors aren't important, okay? It's that understand the order of importance. The majors always come first, the minors always come second. A distant second. So, the very first one, diligently and intentionally teach and train them in the ways of the Lord. I don't know how. I don't know where to start. The first place to start is asking the Lord to teach and train you in his ways. You got to get in your word. You got to get in the word. You got to get in prayer. Right? There's there's no short there is zero shortcut to that. There is zero silver bullet. There is zero like, well, I'll just listen to one more podcast, right? I'll keep I'll keep FLN on my radio in the car all the time. That should do it. Mm, no. Get in the Word. Number two. Discipline your children in love. Okay? Listen. The first thing that we must do is be diligent and intentional to raise them in the instruction and the ways of the Lord. The second thing uh, that unilaterally Scripture continues to communicate time and time again is that the role of the father is to discipline their children in love. Let's look at Proverbs for a second. One example, Proverbs right in the middle of your Bible. If you open your middle of the Bible and you hit Psalms, just go to the right. You're going to hit Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3, uh, chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent His rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those whom He loves. We all, fathers included, receive rebuke and discipline. But Listen. The Lord's discipline of you and I is good. It is discipline is meant as a function of creating righteousness in our lives. And when the Lord disciplines us, the Scripture says that He disciplines us for our good. It is a function. Discipline is a function of God's love. For us. The writer in Hebrews says, The Lord disciplines His children. Guess what? If, the Lord's, if you're not getting it from the Lord once in a while, right? then you're, an, you're not a child of His. The Lord, the Lord disciplines and rebukes those that He loves, those that are His children. But listen, understand this. Okay? I want you to hear me really 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 clearly discipline is a tool of love that develops righteousness it is not a response of anger that is meant to inflict punishment Discipline is a tool of love that guides, directs, and moves our children towards righteousness. It is not a response or a reaction of anger that is meant to inflict punishment. I think we often, I think I often, all right, I'll talk about me, I think I often, for my own children, have moved too quickly to discipline in the moment and reacted out of anger before considering how my response could be a movement of love that guides them in the way of righteousness. And we talk, you know, like in psychological parenting world about wanting to connect action with consequence and want to make sure that there's consistency over the long haul. And, okay, um, okay, I get it, all right? Uh, But I... I believe that there is wisdom for us, parents, dads. I believe that there is wisdom for us knowing our own flesh that often reacts in anger at a moment where we are angry, right? There is wisdom in saying if I want to discipline my child as a movement of love that brings about righteousness in their lives that I need to Pause in the moment of the action that deserves discipline or that is is necessary of discipline to consider how my child might be loved by me through this situation. Because when the Lord disciplines you and I, He does not discipline us to punish us. He disciplines us because he loves us and desires that we would would be righteous like his son Jesus. There have been times in my life, I think, a lot of you know our our parenting story. We you know we have we have five kids, but we did not come by them naturally, so to speak. all five of our kids were adopted and we were married for seven or so years before we adopted our first. And for that that seven years, I like just we, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and we wondered and we asked the Lord and we were angry and we were um, hurt and we were depressed and it was, Hard for us to see other people get pregnant, and we wanted to be joyful, but we couldn't. You know, a a whole host of emotions, right? And there were times where I said, like, Lord, I know. I know that you have put this desire in my heart to be a father. Like, I know that is from you. I, I can feel it, like, way down deep into my soul. Like, so I don't understand why it's not happening, right? And it took a while it took, like, I'm still realizing it every day, right? It took a while to understand that the reason, right, that, that we didn't have kids right when we wanted kids or thought that we needed kids or whatever is because God, yes, God, God did put that desire in our hearts to be parents, but the reality is, is that he chose us to be a specific child's parent. Okay? I don't understand that, and I don't completely get it. I am fully unworthy of the responsibility of being a father, okay? But listen, God, God, if you are a father, if you are a mother, for that matter, um, God could have chosen anyone To be your son's, your daughter's dad. God knew them long before they were yours. They were his long before they were yours. Okay, And God could have chosen anyone to be that child's father. But he chose you. And because he chose you, because he chose you, He has and will continue to equip you with everything that you need to raise that child in godliness, in righteousness, and in love. I know you feel like a failure. I know you feel like you can't do it. I know you feel like it's too late. I've already screwed up too much. Listen. If there is any core principle about the gospel that we can attach to parenting, is that nothing is ever too late when Jesus is on duty. Okay? There's no grave, right? No, nothing is so dead, right? That when Jesus says, come back to life, that it can deny that. There There is no relationship in your life, whether it be with your Mom, your dad, whether it be with your son or your daughter that is so far gone, that is so far past, that you've already screwed up the fathering thing, and you're just going to have to try again some other time. No, because, because parenting, listen, parenting is as much about sanctifying me as the parent as it is about raising the child to life and godliness. I don't know about you, but I have learned probably more about myself as a man of God than I have probably been able to pass on to my children at this point. But what it means to be patient and gentle and forbearing and have grace. What it means to humble yourselves and ask for forgiveness. You ever had to ask forgiveness to your child? Have you ever had to sit your child down and say, listen, That was not right of me. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. That's not the the person that I want to be. That's not the parent that I want to be. God was not pleased with the way that I spoke to you or what I did. Will you please forgive Dad? Please forgive Daddy. Have you ever humbled yourself to to that point? Right? That is when when God reveals to you that the relationship of parenting is as much about changing you as it is about leading them, teaching them in the training and the instruction of the Lord, right? And by his grace, you know, um, I can see in the eyes of my children the grace and love of Jesus Christ When I ask them for forgiveness and they are delighted to give it, it is a grace back to us from the Lord that pictures and encapsulates and incarnates the grace offered to us from Him. The joy and delight of, of course I forgive you, arms around the neck. Right? Never remembering it again. Never bringing it up again. Fathers, you can do this. You can do it. It is not too late, it is not too far gone. There is nothing that is impossible with the Lord. God can change your heart. God can change your relationship with your kids, no matter how far gone, no matter how far along, no matter where it is. If you are willing to humble yourself and surrender to Him and allow the Lord to train and instruct you, He will change Everything about the way that you live in relationship with your kids. He will do it all. I have to lead from the front. I want to, as the um, worship team comes back up, um, spend a moment in prayer uh, for you, fathers, specifically. Um, after we're done, uh, with, after we're done with worship, we'll, um, of course, you can go out and, um, grab some food outside. If you have children downstairs, please don't leave them downstairs while you go outside and spend like a half hour out there. All right? Go get them and bring them out. So that those who have been serving your kids for the last hour and a half, that their time can be honored as well. Okay. Um, Teenagers, please do not eat all the pizza and wings before the dads get out there. Um, Kidding, not kidding. Um, And then uh, we'll also, of course, um, after service, have a time of prayer up here for those that would like to be prayed over. Um, or prayed for, um, for whatever reason. I want to pray for Ria. She goes back to um, California this week, and uh, so please, you can join us there. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, you your word says that you are Father to the fatherless. Lord, and maybe our relationships with our dads have been so complicated and so painful. That we don't even really know how to process this day or that relationship. Lord, if that is the case, and where that is the case, Lord, I pray that your grace would fall like rain upon um, those, those of us who have nothing but pain in our relationship with our fathers. And I pray, Lord, that you would minister to us and that You would affirm Your love in our hearts. Lord, for the fathers in this room, for the fathers listening, Lord, I pray that You would give them courage that comes from the Holy Spirit to humble themselves before You, to walk in a path that is worthy of following by their kids. That they may bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord, disciplining them as a tool of love to bring righteousness into their lives, Lord. Majoring on all the major things and minoring on all the minor things. Father, for you and for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.